Alright. Hello, and welcome back or to the reality of fantasy. I am your host, Jesse Cook, and today is a special day. Well, every day is a special day when you're alive. Aww. But today is my birthday. It is August 22nd, 2019. I am now 29 years of age chronologically. Uh, biologically, looking at mitochondria health and things like that, to be determined. But, uh, you know, I, eh, we'll spend some time on it. I, I get frustrated by birthdays. Um, I love the support, I love the appreciation, but it almost becomes burdensome. You get all these texts and calls from people, and you don't actually get to enjoy your day. It does feel nice. It does. To be appreciated but why don't we do this day in and day out on a normal basis this is not a rant this is a slightly venting but this is a call to action mainly i employ you as a human being to reevaluate how you approach relationships do you appreciate others and yourself day in and day out if you don't i encourage you to reconsider how you might adopt a more appreciative mindset universally and not just specific to singular days and holidays. Anywho, back to fantasy sports. So, last night, I had my, I'm the commissioner of a league. We had our 12-team draft, season-long, half-point PPR, pretty standard format. Uh, it's two wide receivers, one quarterback, two running backs, a tight end, a flex, a defense, and a kicker. Six bench spots. Now, I will say, this league is filled with a bunch of freaking donkeys. They're fools. And this can be challenging when navigating a draft, when you're uncertain what knowledge they may have, if they have any, when players are going to go, are they going to draft quarterbacks early. And it just goes to show you it's really important to have a draft strategy, but be able to adapt in real time. Because things may come up that you totally didn't expect. And I'll talk about that as we go through this. Another thing is you have to be not just aware of the people in your draft, but you have to be aware of the ADP in the draft platform medium. So for instance, in this draft, we were using Yahoo. And Yahoo's ADP was much different than a lot that I had been experienced so far in more advanced leagues and mock drafts and things like that. And so I was trying to tailor my approach to what I was expecting the league members to do, which is likely rely upon ADP in a lot of situations, which actually cost me a player that I'm really high on, which we'll talk about when we get there. But ultimately, I think paid off and provided a... Uh, pretty good approach to developing a good team. I'm pretty happy with my team, and we'll talk about strengths and weaknesses at the end. Uh, but in the first round, there were no big surprises until the fifth pick. Uh, I was very impressed by this pick by an individual that I don't have a lot of respect for on the digital gridiron. I do in real life, but not on the digital gridiron. He took Nick Chubb at the fifth spot. And I was hoping at the 10th pick that Nick Chubb would be there because I feel very confident about him being a bell cow. I think that offense is going to flourish, and I think they want to run the football. I think they control games, and I think Nick Chubb is a fantastic, fantastic RB1. I feel more confident in him than James Conner, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. 
I love Nick Chubb, and I was really hoping he'd fall to 10. Sadly, he did not. There was a point at the 8th pick when I started to get a little worried. There was... The ADP had it set up where it was Levy, it was uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and then Le'Veon Bell. And I was not about to take Le'Veon Bell at the 10th pick. So I was really hoping that one of them in front of them would one of them one of the people in front of me would take Le'Veon Bell so that I could take DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams. If Le'Veon Bell was at the board at 10, I would have taken Travis Kelsey and then taken one of the stud wide receivers on the back end. But I got very fortunate, and the person in the 8th spot took Le'Veon Bell. The ninth went DeAndre Hopkins, and at 10, I felt very comfortable taking Devontae Adams. I was really happy with that. Took him over Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell Beckham Jr. I like Devontae Adams. I think other guys in that range have similar upside and similar capabilities, but I just don't see a pathway where Devontae doesn't get 1,010 TDs, which I'm really happy about. In the second round, no big surprises. In my uh, the third pick of the second round, which was my spot, I took Dalvin Cook. Now, Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook were the two running backs that if I did go running back, running back at 10 in, in the first two rounds, those were the two I was targeting. A full year removed from ACL, people are blowing up the injury risk. I get it. I get it. It's definitely something that could be a problem. But you can't play scared, and everyone in the NFL has an injury risk. It's a very violent sport. This team clearly wants to run the football. Clearly. They adopted that mentality last year. They have a lot of wide receivers, which will prevent teams from stacking the box. I love Dalvin Cook. And I was very happy to take him and to go Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook at the uh, uh, 110 and 2-3 spots. Now, things went pretty standard in the second round. Joe Mixon in the middle. Carry-on went a little earlier than I expected, and I'm not that high on carry-on. Todd Gurley went 2-8, sure. Patrick Mahomes went at 2-11. I don't think it's a great pick, but you can make an argument that it's reasonable. Uh, some idiot at the turn took Melvin Gordon at 2-12. He hasn't gotten called by the Chargers. I don't think you want to invest a second-round pick uh, in Melvin Gordon at this point, but that's just me. And then the same player took Mike Evans at 3-1, which I think is just ridiculous with the uncertainty you have now in your two out of your first three picks and Saquon Barkley. It could be a, a, a league winner, but it's more likely to be a league loser, in my opinion, since Mike Evans is hurt, which, would, which with what could be a potentially lingering injury throughout the season, I think it was a terrible decision. So looking ahead at my pick in the third round, I had just done a podcast on this yesterday. On this player in particular. And his name is Antonio Brown. So in the 10th pick in the third round, 3.10, Antonio Brown was sitting on the board. And I wasn't about to take another running back. I thought if I could take Antonio Brown here, I could get Leonard Fournette on the backside in my third pick there. That's what I was going to do is 4.3, take Leonard Fournette. So I was staring at Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. And I wasn't about to take T.Y. Hilton because of the new pieces they have there and the concerns over Andrew Luck. And I'm just not on a T.Y. Hilton splash play. I think Antonio Brown is league-winning upside. I really do. I think his skills have slightly regressed, but I think he still has 1,212 TTDs in him. I know. It's a lot to ask for. But I wasn't about to take Aaron Jones. I wasn't taking Josh Jacobs. And I wanted the receiver, so I did it. I pulled the trigger, Antonio Brown. And I actually feel really good about it today. And I'm surprised someone took Amari Cooper ahead of Antonio Brown, honestly. 
Adam Thielen also went ahead of Antonio Brown, and I think that's just a terrible pick. And he's a freaking donkey, one of my best friends, and he freaking screwed me later on in the draft, um, coming up here in a bit, but we'll talk about that. So round four, this was the decision that I don't regret, but ultimately cost me a player that I was extremely high on. So I'm looking at the board, and Leonard Fournette went the pick before I was going to take him. He went round four, second pick, 4.2. So I'm at 4.3, and I'm like, crap. And the running backs are on the board there. You've got um, David Montgomery. You've got Sony Michelle. You've got Philip Lindsay, and you've got Chris Carson. And Chris Carson's ADP on Yahoo was like 52. He wasn't even on the first page, okay? And again, I'm playing in a league with people that I don't think have spent a lot of time invested in trying to understand and look at um, what's going on in trending in the NFL. And they could be likely susceptible to some bonehead decisions, which did happen throughout the draft. Uh, Mark Ingram was also on the board higher than Chris Carson, right? So I thought there was some protection to keep Chris Carson on the board when it came back to me in the fifth round. I was willing to risk it, okay? I saw a outlet where I could take tight end in the back end of the fifth round if for some reason the running backs that I was going to try and take, which was ordered Chris Carson, David Montgomery, and Sonny Michelle in that order, weren't available. So what I did is I went upside. And knowing Mike Evans is injured and knowing how good this player is and poised for a breakout in this offense, being in the slot receiver, I went Chris Godwin in the third pick in the fourth round. And I feel really good about it. I feel really good about it. They play the Falcons twice, right? They play the Saints twice, right? Those are two dome games and then two home games. And I just don't see a world, barring injury, where Chris Godwin doesn't reach his ADP or exceed it. Especially if Mike Evans is injured. We'll see a lot of upside and a potential guy to sneak into the second round of drafts next year. So no real surprises across the fourth round there. Deshaun Watson went early 4.4 right after the Chris Godwin pick. You've got your string of wide receivers, Diggs, Boyd, Cooks, Galladay, sure. Sony Michelle went 4.11 and Philip Lindsay went 4.12. I don't really like that Lindsay pick, especially not being PPR, but it is what it is. Mike Williams went 5.1. I thought that was interesting. I am high on Mike Williams, but I thought it was a little early for him, uh, although there wasn't much on the board at that time given the player's roster. And then my donkey-ass friend, who already you know, pretty much sniped Nick Chubb in the first round from me, goes and takes Chris Carson at 5'5". David Montgomery still on the board ranked higher than him. Mark Ingram still on the board ranked higher than him. This guy doesn't even know what's going on. And somehow he takes Chris Carson 5'5 there. I was feeling so good. I thought there was protection at that point. There was like six or seven players ahead of Chris Carson. And I thought he was going to fall. And I was just going to do a happy dance at that moment. But he didn't. So Chris Carson went 5'5". It sabotaged my intentions. I get it. I think he's around three pick. I should have taken him in the fourth. I don't regret that. Um, I don't because I'm happy with how things turned out. But it is what it is. David Montgomery went 5-7. So all three of the running backs that I was interested in, Sonny Michelle, uh, Chris Carson, and David Montgomery are gone. And so it got to me and I had Evan Ingram all teed up in my queue. Round five, uh, ninth pick, the guy in front of me takes Evan Ingram. There you go. So that's two rounds in a row where I was sniped on the pick I was trying to take. That happens. I adjusted and took Hunter Henry at 5'10". I'm happy with it. I would have rather had Ingram, but I think Henry has more upside touchdown-wise. I think Ingram has more stability and consistency because we've seen it before. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Mark Ingram closed out round five, 
And then in my third pick in or the third pick in round six, uh, I took Latavius Murray. So I stuck there and I wanted a running back. And on the board was Latavius Murray, Tevin Coleman, uh, and Miles Sanders. I'm not taking Miles Sanders. You can just write that off. I'm not taking James White. He was there too. We can write that off. Tevin Coleman's interesting. My my thoughts about Tevin Coleman is that we've seen Tevin Coleman. And he can't handle a full workload. I think Matt Breida's really good. Jarek McKinnon's still there. I'm not sold that Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. So I'm not really sold that Tevin Coleman's going to have a good year. On the contrary, Latavius Murray's going to slide right into that Mark Ingram role. We've already heard that the Saints want to not limit Kamara's touches, but not increase Kamara's touches. So Latavius Murray's going to have standalone value. I have him projected for about 700, 800 rushing yards, maybe 200, 300 receiving yards, and a boatload of touchdowns. He also has the ability to be a league winner if for some reason something happens to Super Camario. And I'm not wishing that because I love watching Alvin Kamara play, but this team wants to run the football. They're a high-powered offense, and we've seen in the past when Latavius Murray gets the bell cow work, he can perform. So I took it. I feel good about it. We move forward. Uh, no real surprises in the sixth round there. Uh, I, w- I thought it was a terrible pick. This guy's team is just awful. Shout out to Andy Milk. Your team is awful. He took at the first pick of round seven, Drew Brees. If you've looked at Drew Brees over the last few years, you've seen a steady decline in fantasy production. He's still good at home, so you get eight games. But this team wants to run the football. They're not going to put Drew Brees out there to get hit all the time. And he's not good on the road. There's no reason to draft Drew Brees there in round seven. I get better quarterbacks four rounds from now. Just don't do it. Andrew Luck went two picks later. And then coming back to me uh, at the 10th pick in round seven, uh, I'm staring at a board that I wasn't really happy with. Uh, I had a player queued up um, that uh, I thought was, I was trying to contemplate when to take him. I had already gone aggressive with Antonio Brown, or I guess he fell to me in a spot where I just couldn't pass up the potential upside. But I had Josh Gordon in my queue, and his ADP on Yahoo is 204. So unless you're actively seeking out Josh Gordon, you're not going to see him show up. So it's kind of a hack at this point, in my opinion. But I do have some Patriots fans in the league, so I needed to be cognizant that they were at least considering the fact that Josh Gordon was reinstated. However, I was fairly certain that he would fall back to me on my swing pick here in round 8, Uh, at the third pick because none of the Patriots fans are behind me and I just didn't think that the quality of owner behind me would have any insight into this Josh Gordon 204 ADP take him there type thing so I did another standalone RB player with upside I took Austin Eckler and I feel good about it Um, Austin Eckler is a quality player that is plays in a good offense and has a solidified role that could expand given the Melvin Gordon situation With this pick, I did have every intention of taking Justin Jackson later on so I could lock up that backfield. Because week one, if Eckler sucks and Justin Jackson comes out and balls and Melvin Gordon's still sitting at home on his couch, Justin Jackson's getting the bell cow work. I believe this guy can be a bell cow running back. So I'm going to hold on to those two and see what plays out. Um, And then, but of course, as anticipated, Josh Gordon was sitting there in round eight third pick and I took him if you remember if you tuned in yesterday I discussed that I thought Josh Gordon at the sixth round or later was great value so at the eighth round I thought it was great value his numbers with Tom Brady if you extrapolate it out when Rob Romkowski is not on the field was about 1600 yards and six touchdowns do I think he's going to do that absolutely not 
But I do think a thousand yards plus is reasonable, and five to eight touchdowns reasonable. No real surprises in round eight. We had our first idiot pick of the draft, in my opinion, real idiot pick. Um, Greg Zerline went off the board round eight, seventh pick, eight point seven. Um, don't take kickers. I actually did not even draft a kicker. And I have no intention of picking up a kicker until it gets closer to week one. Basically, I was able to fill my roster with players like Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, uh, and I'll talk about another one later on, that had the potential to usurp a major role in the offense, but it's unclear at this point. And you're able to saturate your team with these types of players, which increases your upside while not limiting yourself because it's a fucking kicker. It's a fucking kicker. All right? The same thing applies with defense. However, in the last round, I took a defense because I knew I wanted this team against this matchup week one, and that's what I decided. But don't ever go out of your way to take a kicker or a defense. You can literally leave the draft without a kicker or a defense. That's totally fine. So my boy Curtis Samuel went 8.9. It's a great pick. He's talented. Corey Davis, 8.10. Vance McDonald went 8.12. And then we get into the ninth round. And a fucking another idiot. Round nine. Fourth pick overall, kicker, Kaimi Fairbear, or whatever his fucking name is. What are you doing, people? You're passing on guys like Larry Fitzgerald, Dante Pettis, guys with upside to take a kicker. Unbelievable. So I got back to me in round nine, tenth pick. There was nothing on the board that I really liked. I thought about Rashad Penny, but he's looked terrible so far. I was pretty happy with the wide receivers and my running backs and the distribution of them so far. And I like the idea of pairing this guy with the wide receiver I already taken. He was on the board. So I took James freaking Winston, 9.10. Now you tell me, would you feel more comfortable with Drew Brees in round 7, first pick, or Jameis Winston, ninth round, 10th pick? Look at the numbers. There's no argument here. Jameis is the better decision from a fantasy perspective. If I'm trying to win football games in the NFL, no, Jameis is not the answer. But I'm trying to win fantasy games. Jameis is the answer. In the 10th round, there also wasn't a lot that I was really interested in. Um, wasn't really high on Geronimo Allison. Still uncertain about what's going on in Green Bay there. I already have um, Devontae Adams as well. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to take some tight end depth. And he's healthy. All reports say he looks spry and young. So I took Jordan Reed in round 10, third pick. Pretty happy with it. Feeling pretty good about Hunter Henry and Jordan Reed. Their bye weeks don't align. Hopefully they stay healthy. Hopefully they perform. If not, I'll figure it out from there. Uh, no real surprises or issues in round 10. It was Matt Breida, Kalen Balage, and Jalen Samuel at the back end there. Daryl Henderson went off the board too. Be very careful with Daryl Henderson. I don't know that he's going to contribute this year. Uh, they also have, um, what is it, Malcolm Brown, I believe, uh, who they signed to a longer deal and have all indications point that he's the backup to uh um, Todd Gurley, and I may have the name wrong, but th- there's clearly not just Daryl Henderson getting the backup reins here. So I don't know it's a great pick unless it's a dynasty format. Uh, around 11.1, uh, this was a pick I had queued up for my spot. Emmanuel Sanders went round 11, first pick. I thought it was a good pick there, uh, which is one of the only nice things I've said about this team so far. Sorry, Andy, your team sucks, but that was a good pick. Uh, and then no real surprises. I was thinking about James Washington, but he got taken before it got to me, so I didn't have to decide. So in round 11, I just decided to keep padding the running back depth. And all reports right now, 
indicate that Peyton Barber's the starting running back in Tampa Bay, an offense that should be putting up points. Am I thrilled with Peyton Barber's skill set? Absolutely not. But it's about opportunity. And right now, Ronald Jones is not doing anything to take that job away from Peyton Barber. And who knows? Maybe Peyton Barber falls into 1,000 yards and 8 touchdowns. Who freaking knows? On like 3.6 yards of carry. I don't know. But he's on my roster. It's okay. I feel good about it. In round 12, I went a little reachy because I like what I'm hearing. And I'm uncertain about the focal back in this offense maintaining health the whole way. Um, and we know that running backs in this offense can be league winners. So in round 12, third pick, I took Darwin Thompson. Folks, these are the types of picks that win your fantasy leagues. He's going to sit on my bench. I have room for it. If reports come out that say that Carlos Hyde stays on the team, makes the 53-man roster, which it doesn't look like right now, then maybe I cut Darwin Thompson at the beginning of the year and pick up a kicker that I didn't draft. But right now, it sounds like Carlos Hyde's not making this team. And Darwin Thompson is the number two running back in Kansas City, which we know will have a role. And if anything happens to Damian Williams, he's going to be the best asset in fantasy football. This is how you win your league. Thinking anticipatory. So, nailed that. Uh, Adrian Peterson went round 12 at the 8th pick. No real surprises otherwise. The Minnesota defense went. I just, ugh, Cleveland's defense. Like, what are you guys doing with your life? It's so terrible. In the 13th round, uh, things got... Yeah, pretty standard. Kareem Hunt went 13.2. Jarek McKinnon went 13.1. You don't need to draft Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I was pretty happy at 13.10. I took Justin Jackson, so I locked up that Chargers backfield. If Melvin Gordon continues to sit on his couch, if he doesn't sit on his couch, then I can drop Justin Jackson and pick up a kicker. See what I've done here? I provided myself the ability for upside and flexibility at a position that honestly has... Like, no real predictive value. You could be a team that's, like, a realistically uh, a 14-point favorite, and you just kick seven field goals, or seven extra points, and that's not good for you. So, right now, there was there's just no reason to draft a kicker. That's all I got to say. I, I'm, I'm, like, losing my words over it because I just don't know what else to say. I thought a great pick was round 14.1, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, as I was nearing closer to taking my next quarterback, that was my pick. Uh, at 14.3, uh, the third pick in the 14th round, I took Josh Allen. Why this guy is just getting completely overlooked, I don't really freaking know, but he is, so be it. I was considering taking Jamison Crowder. All reports indicate that he looks really good. If it's a full PPR league, full point, I think Jamison Crowder is a lock pick. Um, he's got good rapport with Sam Darnold already. I think that offense is going to surprise some people. Yeah, there are some mouths to feed. Robbie Anderson has a really tough schedule from a cornerback perspective. Uh, and so I think a lot of balls will funnel to Jamison Crowder. And we know that Adam Gase sucks as a play caller, so he's probably just going to dump it down. Um, so my buddy took him in the seventh pick of round 14. I thought it was good. Once I took Josh Allen, I knew that I wasn't going to get him because I had decided that I was going to take my defense in round 15 to lock up that matchup week one. And in this fashion, I took the Seattle Seahawks defense, who, if you look at their home and road splits from last year, markedly different. I think it was nine fantasy points per game at home versus four on the road. And they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals week one. So that is the defense to target for your week one matchup. I will every week have a beat to the waiver wire uh, episode where I'll try and release where I look ahead at defenses to target for the week going forward. If you have a roster spot to spill, I think it's a great way to go through fantasy sports or fantasy football. 
Uh, but for now, I'd be targeting Seattle week one. Another team you could target is the Jets with the Bills coming to town. Um, so that's the draft. Again, these guys are donkeys. They're not great. It was kind of surprising. But my team, it looks pretty good. You got Jameis Winston at quarterback, Devontae Adams at wide receiver, Antonio Brown at wide receiver, Dalvin Cook at running back, Latavius Murray at running back, tight end is Hunter Henry. My flex spot is Chris Godwin. On the bench, you have Austin Eckler, Josh Gordon, Jordan Reed, Peyton Barber, Darwin Thompson, Justin Jackson. And although I drafted Josh Allen, I quickly dropped him for Alexander Madison. The only reason I didn't draft Madison is I'm still uncertain whether it's Madison or Mike Boone backing up Dalvin Cook, I decided today this morning that I feel confident enough that Alexander Madison is the number two and the guy to own as the handcuff um, just because Mike Boone's been there and they haven't really shown a willingness to give him the rock. So I don't think another outstanding preseason of Mike Boone's going to change that. So if you are going Dalvin Cook, I think you should handcuff with Alexander Madison and lock up that backfield. Again, my kicker spot currently empty and my defense is Seattle. Overall, I feel very comfortable with this. Uh, I got a draft grade of B. Strangely enough, the team that I hated the most got a draft report of A-. minus. This just goes to show you not to take any real uh, vested interest in the draft grades. Uh, and let's take a look at Team Positivity that got a D-plus in their draft grade. So Team Positivity went Patrick Mahomes, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry. God, that's gross at receiver. Christian McCaffrey and Damian Williams could be very solid at running back. O.J. Howard at tight end. I think there's a lot of mouths to feed, but we know that Jameis likes the tight end. Uh, Sony Michelle at the flex. That could be huge. Uh, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Daryl Henderson, Kyler Murray, Kareem Hunt, Jason Witten on the bench. Yeah, it's ugly. Uh, Greg Joseph at kicker and the Minnesota defense. Again, folks, he spent a pick on Minnesota early. Uh, this is just not what you want your roster to look like. Um, you know, sorry, Trev, like, don't take Patrick Mahomes in the second round. He's due for touchdown regression. There's just no reason to have your roster look like this. And, um, yeah, you have the quarterback and running back of, of one of the best offenses in the league, but the rest of your team sucks. So that's the recap of our 12-team half-point PPR draft. Um, I look forward to seeing what transpires. I, going in, was not anticipating having any of Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon, and it turned out I got both of them. Uh, the only player I really regret is Chris Carson. I must uh, commend Owen Reese for picking Nick Chubb in the fifth spot and then taking Chris Carson in the fifth round. Those were two things that uh, I was hoping for that didn't transpire. Uh, but ultimately, I think I've got a nice balance of stability and upside. Um, for now, that's all I'm going to provide. Oh, I do have a beer of the podcast. Uh, today's beer of the podcast is by Oscar Blues. It's called uh, Canna Hazy. Uh, it's a hazy IPA. I believe it's about 7%. Really good. Really good. I'm definitely more of a dark beer fan. Love all beer, but definitely more of a dark beer. This one's really good for an IPA. Uh, very reasonable in cost. I think it was like 7 8 bucks at Woodman's. Uh, huge fan. Uh, I'm also going to celebrate my birthday tonight over at the Oso Madhouse Tap Room, uh, where they are doing an infusion night. They're taking their uh, Nitro Rain Porter. Uh, and I think that's right. Rain Porter. Anyways, uh, and they're infusing it with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So that sounds like a great way to celebrate my birthday. Uh, I'm definitely going to stop over there. Uh, as always, I appreciate you tuning in. I hope you learned something from this draft. Major take-homes, don't feel the need to take a kicker in your draft. Uh, pick one up. Look ahead to a defense with a easy round one, uh, I or week one, i.e. Seattle, playing home versus Cincinnati. That's a layup. Uh, and take them in the last round. 
don't try and project a defense over an entire 16-game season. That's just miserable. Things change over quite a bit. Um, and I think a zero RB approach is very viable if you're at the back end of the first round. I think anywhere else in the draft, you should probably at least get one running back in your first two picks. But uh, also, know, know the other drafters in your league. Uh, try and anticipate what their moves are going to be and how they're going to respond to the ADP of the platform they're playing on. Again, this is the reality of fantasy. I appreciate you joining. My name is Jesse Cook, and I wish you a wonderful rest of my birthday. Cheers.